Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Amen. Well, we're in our series entitled Two Steps Backwards, and I want to continue with that thought today. I want to read to you out of the book of Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 30. We're going to pray in just a second. Um, you know, life is either surviving or it's thriving, okay? Thriving is a thing that happens in a relationship with God, the possibility of thriving. Otherwise, we're just trying to survive life. You come out of the womb, you fight, hopefully you can fight like Zoe has and make it to the spot she's made it, I don't know, six pounds, but six pounds of fierce, you know, in a great way. Um, in this lifetime, you experience the pushback of life. You lose a job, you lose a friend, you get bad news from a doctor, things don't go your way, and you find yourself backwards from where you expected to be, but truthfully, never where you could be if you had a relationship with God. And so I want to challenge you this morning on this idea that we see here in Scripture, Matthew 9, 27 through 30. It says, And Jesus passed on from there. Two blind men followed him, crying, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he entered the house, the blind man came to him, and, sit, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes, saying, and this is key, According to your faith, be it done to you. And then the Bible says their eyes were actually opened. These are men who have been stuck in two steps backwards. They have been blind. I don't know for how long, but for a significant amount of time. And that's definitely two steps backwards. They had learned to probably navigate. They had learned to articulate uh, trips around town to be able to maybe earn some sense of an income, but certainly weren't thriving. They were surviving. And a relationship with Jesus opened the door for them to take significant steps forward. In this particular case, he said, according to your faith, be it done to you. So today, I just want to talk to you about this idea of living for Jesus, which is living faith forward, leaning forward into the things that God has for your life. And let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much this morning for your people who are at home, the people who are here in the room, who will be gathered in our second gathering today. God, I pray your blessings over each and every person. And I pray, God, that you will capture our hearts with the role that faith plays in our lives. These blind men who heard the words, according to your faith, be it done unto you. And it was. And Lord, I thank you that they had faith. I thank you for faith that's available. I thank you for faith that can grow. I thank you that faith resides within other people. But Lord, like a muscle, it can be developed within me. And I can live the faith forward life, the faith forward posture. And I pray for your touch on all of our lives. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand, okay? And uh, I love this topic. And as we've been talking through our series about being two steps backwards those are such frustrating moments. It feels like the last uh, couple of years have been a, a lot like that in our culture, in our politics, in our social world that we live in, our economic world. It feels like a lot of two steps backwards, a lot of waiting for things to open up. These two blind men certainly, no doubt, found themselves in a similar position in life where they're wondering, when is this going to end? I'm just barely making it through. I began to think about all of the circumstances and all the situations that we face, 
and the role that faith can play on them. Before knowing Jesus, before starting my relationship with God, I really was left to whatever my hands could put together, whatever my mind could put together. How can I overcome this deficit, this stuckness that I'm feeling right here and right now? But stepping into a relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden there's a whole, there's a, there's a heavenly uh, abundance of things available now to my life that allow me to take steps forward that aren't just contingent upon me and my knowledge, right? And so the idea of faith as we take a look moving forward is uh, faith can actually uh, allow forward to become unlocked. Dave's going to give me that slide. Um, and in a experience where you need to take a step forward, if faith is involved, there are several roles that faith can play. Number one, God can uh, just because of who he is, God can unlock your steps forward. If you're stuck, God could show up on the scene and just do a miracle. I want to warn you, this is the least likely way that things work, though. It's the way that we most often expect God to work. It's the least likely way that he does work, okay? Um, when you read in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah was experiencing a, uh, a drought. He was experiencing... Um, you know, just, just a real struggle to even find food. And God led him out into the wilderness and God spoke to him and said, I am going to send ravens who are going to deliver meat to you in the, in the desert, basically. And so he camped by a brook and sure enough, God did everything. The ravens, I don't know where they got their food. I'm sure it was very clean and very sanitary, nothing to worry about. They picked up raw flesh. They flew through the air. They delivered it to Elijah, dropped it to him. It fell out of the sky into his hand. And God absolutely did everything necessary to work everything out. But I want to warn you, as great as that is, that is far and few between as we look through Scripture. And I want to challenge you that even as a person of faith who has stepped into a relationship with God, standing back passively, as Corey mentioned this morning, and expecting God just to cause your garden to grow, it's unlikely to work that way. So if you find yourself stuck, if you find yourself maybe stuck in two steps backwards or just stuck in not thriving, just, th just surviving, you know that God has for more, waiting for the garden to grow is unlikely to happen. Now, there's several other ways, though, that faith can play into this scenario. Um, steps forward can be unlocked by your faith, your muscle that can't be seen, that resides within you internally, that began to be established in your relationship with Christ. And as you begin to walk with him and step into trusting him and believing him and maybe stepping into doing some things he asked of you to do that maybe you weren't sure how it was going to work out, it actually began to build the muscle of faith. And that same muscle that's been created and is growing, we saw it unlocked here in the lives of these blind men. They were asked the question, do you believe that I can do this? And they said, absolutely, we do. They were leaning forward in faith, believing God, right? And so as Jesus said, according to your faith, be it done unto you, they leaned forward and their faith unlocked this otherwise locked barrier keeping them from moving forward. Now, that's a beautiful thing. In your life, this is going to become more and more common as you grow in your faith because faith can grow. I got any amens on that. Your faith can grow. And there's times when your faith will be small, and then there will be times as you exercise your faith, it will absolutely take on strength, and you'll find yourself pushing through some amazing barriers. 
Now, your faith can certainly do that. Your faith can increase. Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. Help our faith to grow. And in participating in the relationship with God, that's what took place. Also, 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says, your faith is growing abundantly. Uh, I walked by Evan this morning, and I thought, my gosh, what is that kid eating? Because like in the last two weeks, he has grown significantly. And uh, like a person growing, because they eat nutrition, they, they have nutrients, there's good exercise, and it's part of the natural course of life, your faith should grow in your Christian walk if you engage in acts of faith, right? Okay, so, but your faith, uh, your, your steps forward can also be unlocked, believe it or not, not just, not just limited to your faith, but can be unlocked by someone else's faith. And here's why this is really, really important. Usually for me, when I'm two steps backwards, that is when my faith is not at an all-time high. It's actually at an all-time low. You know, when you're laying in bed and you've got the flu and you're feeling sick and your dog ran away and your boss isn't happy with you and nobody's checking up on you every five minutes to see how you're doing and you feel like nobody loves me, right? How does your faith feel in that season? You're like trying to lay hands on yourself, praying, oh God, heal my body. There's very, very few cases in the Bible, if any, where someone who was sick actually laid hands on themselves and was healed. Now, I'm not saying it's never happened, but I'm saying it's very rare. In fact, when you read through the scriptures, James says, is there anyone who is sick among you? Let him call for the people of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And what does it say? And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. It, that's where it's a beautiful thing to be a part of a community of faith, having people of faith in your life, being able to step into an environment of faith where other people who are doing well exercise their faith, and it impacts your situation. So much I know uh, Jacob they, and his, uh, mom and dad of Zoe would give God's people a lot of appreciation for the constant prayers. I remember Annie and Martin putting prayer requests out on the Internet regularly. Why? Because, you know, when you're really going through the battle, it's hard to be faith-filled. I mean, if normal circumstances zap you, right, of your, your strength, what about extreme circumstances when they come a few times in life? But that's why it's so valuable to be a part of a family of believers, to be a part of a church that is faith-filled, doesn't just believe the history of the Bible, doesn't just believe the facts of the Bible, but presses in and trusts God to answer like he answers in the Bible, to heal, to restore, to save, to cause the dead to be raised back to life, to cause sick bodies to suddenly recover, amen? And so being able to lean into those relationships is absolutely so valuable. That's why being a part of a church is absolutely critical. That those, the common stucks that we find ourselves in are hard to come out of on our own, but having people around us, having relationships with those types of people, it rubs off on us, and their faith can actually move our steps forward. Now, certainly, I would say that this is many times a combination of all of the above, that you'll find yourself praying, growing in your strength, having friends encourage you, and there's a little bit of a dance that happens as we navigate our way through life. Amen? Okay, so let me give you this quote. Living in a constant state of faith forward positions you to easily take steps forward 
and help others to do the same. You know, the, the pushback of your, your circumstance, it's going to take you two steps backwards, is going to make you want to lean on your back foot. And from your back foot, you cannot step out in faith and attack your situation. But by living the faith forward life, what I mean by that is leaning forward in faith and leaning forward in a community of faith, leaning forward in friendships of faith, being in a church of faith, constantly leaning forward will actually allow you not to just uh, overcome the two steps backwards, but will allow you to take the next steps that God has for your life. Faith is what will help you to experience the life that is actually thriving. And I want to tell you, faith is not safe. I know I, I believe in safety. I wore my seatbelt here today. I think there's normal things that you should do and maybe some extra normal things that you should do for safety. But one thing you do not want to let this season rob you of is the faith-filled steps that are not guaranteed. Otherwise, nobody would, no guy would ever hear a girl say, yes, I will marry you. <laughs> the beauty of it is that she could say no. The great fuel that energizes any act of faith is the fact that it might not work out. This could crash and burn. This might not happen. And yet God's word says it will. If I give this away, what will I have? Well, God, the Bible says if I give this away, God will meet all of my needs. Yeah, but what if it doesn't work out? Anybody you're tracking with me? There's not enough safety harnesses to counteract the realities that faith requires us to believe something without the safety net. Faith becomes the safety net because it's anchored in our relationship with God. And I want to challenge you to be people of faith. Be people of faith as you parent, as you live in your relationships, as you strike out in your career. Uh, not strike out in your career as you strike out. You know what I'm saying here? That you don't want to get stuck. You want to believe God for better things, for your family, for your children. Don't live your life on your back foot waiting thing for things to come to you. They're not going to just show up. The things that just show up in the mail, they're not really all that useful. Some branded pen or, you know, uh, whatever they send you for free in the mail. Those are the things that show up. They're not really valuable. But the things that you have to fight for that are promised in God's word are the things that are so valuable. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a couple of points on how to live faith for because it is a posture that you'll absolutely have to fight for. And if you're a person of faith, if you fight for faith in your life, you know that this thing has to be fought for, needs to be contended for. Because what I really uh, have learned is that faith actually leaks. It's like battery power. It's like strength physically. It constantly needs to be replenished so you can maintain your posture leaning forward. So no matter what happens in your life, or maybe even more important, as you step into someone else's life, you can be leaning forward to help them to move forward when they're stuck. So let me give you a few points on how to lean forward in your faith. Number one, insert yourself into environments of faith. Okay, uh, when we came in here today, the air conditioning hadn't been on, and right now it's about to snow in here, which is great. It keeps you awake. Whether this is interesting, I, I trust that, you know, this is helping you, but human nature is if it gets too hot in here, no matter who you are, you're like, you know, you're getting groggy. You're wanting to, so we crank up the air conditioning in here to keep you awake. You're welcome. Okay? We create an atmosphere of excitement and leaning forward while you shake, right? Now... 
That thermostat helps us to set the atmosphere. And without using that thermostat, what would the atmosphere be? It would be whatever is impacting the world that we're in. And you know that the world that you live in is actually an anti-faith atmosphere. I never turned on the news. I haven't for years and never heard anything good. Very rare. Once in a while. I loved uh, they were doing the, I uh, forget his name, the actor John uh, Krasinski. Good news. He, he was actually doing good news. Was that, is that who I'm talking about? Okay, I got that. Culturally re relevant. You're welcome. That was for free. Uh, he was doing a news thing. Good news and telling about good news. And it was so exciting because you never hear any good news. And unfortunately, apparently, good news is a lot of work because they stopped doing that. And now the regular bad news has taken over, and that's what we hear. We walk out, and it's too cold, or it's too hot, or gas prices are too high, or your neighbor's not happy, or that dog's barking at you, and now the car's not running. Everything in the environment that we live in, the natural environment of this world, is going to be contrary to faith. And yet, you and I can step into environments. We need to step into environments of faith. Like you're a little bit chilled this morning. Right? When you step into an environment of faith, it actually stirs something on the inside of you. It's tangible. It can maybe not be seen with your eyes. Maybe it can't be felt in the flesh, but it is felt in your spirit, man. You come in and it's like water on dry soil. And so you want to insert yourself into environments of faith. Uh, these environments of faith, they, some of them actually exist, but then they can also be created on your own. The ones that exist are uh, places where people have gathered together, God is present, he's being lifted up, because God is really, faith is his language. And so when you truly get around the life-giving experience of, of Christ and who he is, faith is automatically stirred. It's where God is present, it's where he's been lifted up, it's where his fresh word is present, it's spoken, it's declared. It's not just history, it's history applied to today. Okay, it's not just reading Bible stories of what happened, but it's the impact of that spoken in a way that you can know that it will happen in your life as well. It's meant to inspire in a living way your faith. That, that environment is created and your spiritual man is stirred. It happens at church when we come in, we gather together. It happens for me when I go to a conference. It's really focused on spiritual things. It happens... Uh, it, it, it causes my perspective to shift. It causes uh, limitations to be actually set over to the side and allows me to see beyond the natural and see supernaturally the things that God is trying to get across to me. But all of the life experience is trying to uh, cause me to be deaf to because the world does not want me to hear the message of God. You know, you read through Psalm number 73 and even King David, great man of faith, he killed, killed Goliath, right? As a young man, he slew a nine-foot-tall man who had armor bearers, and he killed him by faith, incredible act of faith. God didn't just kill that giant. This is a great example. He wasn't, oh, I hope somebody comes and kills a giant. Oh, God's wanting to kill that giant, but he had to lean forward and do something. His faith was involved in that act. But even David experienced the leak of faith. There's this day where he's looking out Psalm 73, and he begins to look around, and I don't know about you, but when you look around, it can be discouraging at times. And the Bible says he, as he looked around, he started to feel himself kind of stumbling in his faith. He began to look at wicked people who were thriving and prospering. 
Here he's holding back, waiting for the right opportunity to do the right things. And he's watching unrighteous people do whatever they want, and things seem to work out for them. He goes on to say, I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. When I thought how to understand this, it seemed to wear me out. Like it was overwhelming. It was like I'm looking around and this world is draining me of my faith. I've had faith to kill the giant, but now looking around at everything that's going on, seeing what's happening in the world around me, I feel my faith leaving me and not sure, was that just a chance? Was that just a thing that happened yesterday? Or will I be able to continue to lead forward? And what David went on to say is that the environment that he stepped into changed his perspective. He says, I, 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 I was overwhelmed trying to figure this out. It seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned the reality. Something about stepping into an atmosphere of faith, people singing and worshiping, declaring the praise of God, somebody walking up and saying, hey, how you doing? Oh, now, listen, let me pray for you. Hey, listen, you can do it today. You experience an anxiety, you're going to be able to kill this thing today. You're going to do well. Uh, listen, you don't have everything perfect in your world right now, but, but God's going to help you. And just those words begin to shift the atmosphere for people. David, a man of faith, experienced that very thing when? The Bible says when he stepped into the sanctuary of God. He was feeling hot and overwhelmed, and he stepped into our sanctuary, and all of a sudden, he's got goosebumps, and he's all like, oh, something's different in here. You know why? Because there are atmospheres of faith, and they exist, and you want to make sure that you step into them regularly. That's why we gather regularly. That's why, on top of that, I make sure I go to specific conferences, get around certain key people. I mean, the whole world is filled with people who will drain you, and you need to pour into them using wisdom. But there are other people that you can get around. They will just inject you with faith as you spend a little bit of time with them. And I would encourage you, get around those people, because those environments, in those environments, you'll be able to lean forward, and you will know that you can still fly. Amen? Amen. But you can also create your own environment. And this is something you're going to have to learn how to do. The Bible says David was discouraged. His men were discouraged. They were talking about stoning him. And he actually became his own thermostat. He actually turned, turned the temperature up. He said, you know what? I need faith right now. And the Bible says he began to encourage himself in the Lord. And that is the creation of your own environment where you begin to, with your mouth, change the temperature in your immediate surroundings. What does that look like? Man, I know I feel like this isn't going to work out. Oh, man, I just feel like it's not going to come together. And then you begin to lean forward and you begin to do the very thing that groups like this do, but on your own. You begin to bring God's presence close. God, I know you're here. God, I know you're for me. God, you are good. God, your word says that you'll help my marriage. God, your word says you want to provide for me. God, you have said that you want to bless me abundantly. And by declaring those words, believe it or not, you are taking, and it might be some work at first, but you are shifting the thermo thermostat actually upwards to increase the faith temperature in your immediate environment. And you can use a lot of things to be able to help that. Maybe you have a worship album that you really like and it stirs you. Maybe it's reading certain books that stir you, certain scriptures. Maybe it's listening to certain podcasts. But you will regularly have to step into environments of faith. Amen? Amen. And you can do that. Second thing is, let me give you this. Uh, make sure that you declare God's word over your situation. 
You know, it seems like all of the words that declared over whatever situation are just negative and beating down anti-faith. You, you do hear one little bit of good news that comes out in the media, and then you get 10 following news stories to point out why that one's never going to work out. It's never going to happen, right? And then when it does, there's no follow-up report to tell you how great it's going to be, because everything is trying to zap our confidence and zap our faith. And I was thinking about that scenario and about this idea of declaring God's word over your situation, and I was immediately brought to this idea of a man, and Martin will appreciate this, although he doesn't fish with a net. I don't think he does. I don't know if that's legal here. But fishing with a net, I began to think about a fisherman who stands there with a net, who has no fish, but he casts the net over the water with the expectation that though he can't see what he wants and he needs, his actions will actually, his, his, his declaration, throwing the net is a declaration. There are fish, and they belong to me. That's his posture. And so throwing that net out over the waters actually creates, as Corey said, the forward action that allows the pump to be primed and for the possibility of fish to become mine. Now, I would be shocked to see a man fishing that way who's like, I ain't catching nothing. This is never going to work. I ain't never going to catch nothing. This is never going to work. I ain't never going to catch nothing. This is never going to work. Because as you can imagine, that is pretty much setting yourself up for failure. And you'll just do it a few times. And after you catch nothing, you give up. But the successful fisherman does it over and over and learns his craft. And it always is a craft. I mean, he probably in many cases can't see that there are even fish there. But there's a sense that I am doing the right things that will produce absolutely a harvest. They cast the net saying, I believe I, that what I need is there, and that it will be mine through my actions. And faith roots itself in what God has said, and it throws the net out, and it says, I know that my marriage is not 100% right now, but I do know that God wants my marriage 100%, so I believe in faith that he's going to help me. It's not throwing the net out there and saying, oh, this will probably never work. Do you understand the difference between One's faith and one's not. God, with God, there is help. God, you are going to prosper me. God, I'm doing the right things according to Scripture. I'm not sure if it will work, but I'm going to trust you that it does work. You're going to find that the normal routine, the normal verbiage, the normal notes of this world are going to be constantly telling you that it's not going to work out. It's not going to come together. You're going to have actually people rooting against you. I don't know why. Maybe some even in your own family. I ain't never going to pull that off. But I want you to know that heaven is regularly wanting to see you succeed. The heart of God for you is to thrive. Not just survive, because you can survive blind. Is that the worst thing that could ever happen? You'd end up blind? No, I can think of a few other things that are worse. But that's still pretty bad. But God's heart is not just in your survival. God's heart is in you thriving. And that's why it's so important to lean forward and cast your net in a relationship with him and believe him for the outcome. And so that is just a, a key part of, of, of the concept of declaring God's word over your situation. Amen? Amen. Uh, in the book of 2 Kings, Elijah or Elisha was dealing with a famine. And there was a messenger that came from the army that had surrounded his city. And said, you guys are all going to die inside of that city. And 
Of course, the king inside of the city of Samaria heard the enemy and the enemy's man speaking out the fact that you're all going to die in here. He listened to it and it got in his ears. And as he's dialoguing with Elisha, he's just going lower and he's going lower in his confidence. I tell you what, you, you can turn that volume knob off. I don't know, every time I go and hang out with them, they, I just walk away feeling so low. Okay, well, I'm not saying cut off the relationship with them by any means, but I am saying limit your exposure. You're meant to be a thermostat, so you get in there and you try to encourage them, but at the tipping point, maybe you need to step away and get yourself encouraged, okay? And so he was, the king was really, really low, but what did uh, Elisha, Elisha say? The Bible says, um, Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. While the negative was being spoken out, Elisha said, okay, circumstances, people, situation, city, I want you to hear something that's more true and louder than what that man over there is saying. And he began to declare that this time tomorrow, the famine will come to an end. And as you study the scripture, guess what happened? That time tomorrow, the famine absolutely came to an end. Why? Because your spoken word, when it's in agreement with God, actually means something. It shifts things. God, you want the best for my child. God, I speak over my finances and believe you for your blessings on my money. God, I'm asking you to speak over. God, I speak over my own health. I speak over my family's health. I know that's your heart for me. And that spoken word actually informs several different audiences. It probably is going to just remind you of what God says. It's also going to remind the people around you who have forgotten what God says. It's also going to remind, and this is key, your circumstance what God says. God's not standing up in heaven saying, we want to have famines for everybody. Actually, his heart is that you thrive. And yet, what happens on earth is radically affected by faith all the time. Let me give you the final point, and we'll go ahead and we'll pray. Why don't you, uh, number three, engage in specific acts of faith? You know, because faith is like a muscle. What you don't want to do is you don't want to wait till that very moment where you need faith to actually begin to engage it. Faith is more like, a, like water coming out of a pump than it is just flipping the switch on electricity. It's a living thing. Faith within you is a living thing. And it's so important to keep the faith in your life primed, to keep it actively flowing, not to have it turn off and turn on, but to actively walk in it, to actively engage in faith. And as a, as a person who is in a walk with God, you want to make sure that you're constantly leaning forward in specific acts of faith because faith that is active in your life is active then for all things. And so if you put yourself in a spot to actually lean in faith in the here and now, regardless of what's going on, when you step over to this moment and you get around someone who's not doing well, you won't have to summon faith. Faith will already be flowing in your life. Just like the air coming in and out of your lungs, which you don't have to think twice about, your lungs are strong, faith that's constantly leaned into is always accessible in that moment of your difficulty or someone else's difficulty. 
Some of the acts of faith um, that we engage in, they actually prime that pump and faith then lubricates everything that we touch and it impacts like a fragrance in the room, everything that it touches. You could do small, simple key acts of faith that lubricate your life in faith. You know, this regular process that uh, we have of giving, every time we get paid of offering a portion of our income to the Lord, I don't know about you, but I I looked at my giving last year and I celebrated because it's the largest year of giving we had ever participated in. And then it was shocking to me to realize that's a significant portion of money. Like left in my presence, holding on to that, not having given. I mean, it would accomplish a lot for me personally. But each week, each time I was paid, each time I earned income, actually giving that away over the period of 52 weeks were 52 different acts or maybe more because sometimes, you know, sold something or whatever, actually stirred the substance of faith within me. Every single time I give, because as I give away, I'm saying, God, in giving this away, I'm trusting that not only will you replenish it, but you'll provide more so that I can do the things that you're calling me to do. So every act of giving is an ongoing, specific act of faith. That, that That's why it's so strange that in giving, that act of faith oftentimes unlocks things, believe it or not, like healing or opportunities or relationships. It's not magic give to get. It's activating faith, which is a substance that changes the atmosphere of the room, the temperature. Fasting, you know, skipping a couple meals to talk with God. I don't know, if you don't fast often, I mean, to make it like an hour past your normal eating time, it's like, dear God, I don't think I can live. I, when I look around at my body, I'm pretty sure I could survive a couple, a couple more minutes, right? I think I got some fat reserves here going on that I might be able to survive. But it feels like after a meal or two or, or a day or two, you're hanging on for dear life. Why is that so valuable? It's not about convincing God to do something. It's actually about causing your faith man to get pumped up as you're trusting God to make it through the day, not eating that meal. Saying, God, I'm gonna trust you for the strength I need. That substance is being activated and allows you then to step in to pray over someone who needs healing in their body. You hearing me? It, uh, it allows the residue of faith to get on the things that need to be shifted forward. I wanna have you stand with me and I'll, I'll just read you one little tiny scripture here. Also, any type of sacrifice, going in and helping somebody, taking time out of your day that you desperately need, but you're wanting to help someone, you'll always see that God will use that. That act of sacrifice is an action of faith. It strengthens your core spiritual man. You know, there was a woman who was going through some really tough times in 1 Kings chapter 17, and Elijah showed up, and he was hungry. And this is crazy that he does this. I, I, you know, try to wrap my head around it, but listen, God knows what he's doing. The man... Elijah shows up and he's hungry. He says to this widow, this, this woman, uh, hey, could you feed me? And she says, look, I'm, I'm almost out of food. I'm about to make the last little bit of meal for my, me and my child and we'll probably die after that. Again, the tone of this world is anti-faith, right? And so Elijah spoke out. He says, tell you what, if you will go home and you will make that last meal and give it to me, God is going to do something supernatural in your life crazy. I'm glad I'm not Elijah. I don't want to look at any one of you in the eyes and you're like, I'm going to die if I don't eat this food. Give it to me anyways. Okay. It would have to be a God moment, right? 
But she went home and she prepared a cake and she gave, do you see this action of faith? In this act of faith of giving something away, she was saying, God, I'm going to believe you. And that act of faith, her actually moving upon what this man has said, unlocked the supernatural provision from God. And the Bible says that her, her basket of flour and her horn of oil did not run out for months and months and months. After she gave Elijah the food that he requested, after the promise that God will sustain you, every time she went to cook the next final meal, there was a next final meal to cook supernaturally. And that's how faith works. When you activate faith in a situation, you find the supernatural miraculous of God showing up. So you giving, you serving, you honoring, you sacrificing, you fasting allows supernatural stories of God to be written in your life. Be a person of faith, amen? Put yourself in environments of faith. Come on, put yourself in environments of faith. Get around people of faith. Engage in acts of faith. Declare faithful words over your life. Don't stand back and expect things to change. Lean forward and with the people around you, change your situations, amen? When you hear bad news spoken out, don't stand back and be like, oh, I hope that works out. No, lean in and begin to speak to that situation. Lean in and encourage that person. Declare what God's word says to them. I got a text with Jenny this past week. Um, she was explaining um, that her neck is back out of, out, of, out of whack a little bit. And that's that. And my first reaction is to step back a few steps because I know a couple years back when that happened to you, how long of a journey it was back to healing. And I responded immediately. I said, no, let's believe God tomorrow. We're going to believe God for instant touch and instant healing. Amen? Look, there's some risk. You declare that. God's going to heal you today. You declare that and it doesn't come to pass. Oh, oh, oh where's my seatbelts in that? It's God's word. Amen? Anybody, come on. Come on, amen. Do you believe that God desires our healing? Let's pray over Jenny right now. Come on, some of you circle around her, and we're going to just speak out God's word over her. Father, be careful. Don't go pushing on her head. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. God, your spoken word says that you sent your word and you healed their diseases. Father, we experience pressures and pushback that wants to bring the alignment of our lives out of place and wants to cause our bodies to struggle. And the enemy would be so pleased for us to struggle and struggle and struggle to try to get two steps backwards. But God, in an instant, you are able to fast forward in Jesus' name our lives to a place of not only survival, but thriving. We speak your word over her. By faith, you are healed in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Father, we believe you for your complete and healing touch. Father, we want to pray over the, this morning. Let's pray over, pray over a lot. Experience panic attack. I think I don't know all the details this morning. I'd love having the attention brought to you. Step out here over by Trish, and we're going to pray. Listen, I don't know about you. I experience some of those sometimes, and I don't have usually in that moment what it takes in order to experience breakthrough. I need people around me. And that's why I'm like, oh, pray for me, okay? So we're going to pray. You at home, come on, participate in this. This is why we need to gather, to create atmospheres. And I know there might be some reasons for not gathering, and certainly we honor you in that. But gathering together as the household of God is to create the atmospheres where people can experience all that they need. Father, we lay our hands on this young woman of God. We thank you for the calling and the touch of God on her life. And God, we're asking you to bring relief and comfort to her today. Complete healing from head to toe for her mind, for her body, for her emotions. In Jesus' name. God, I pray that right now, today, Father, 
Father, she raises her hands right now in your presence. As she raises her hands in your presence, it says, Father, come to me. Father, we believe you for your touch over her life. God, we speak strength and confidence. God, clarity of thought. When the enemy would whisper, she's able to tune him out and turn up the volume to create her own atmosphere of faith. She encourages herself in the Lord, God. And we thank you. Father, we speak strength over her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. God, complete healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing one last final song. Anybody, just, we won't drag you up in the front here, but there's a situation that you know you've been on your back foot and you've been leaning backwards and you've been waiting for change to come. I want to encourage you to lean forward right now. I want you to lean forward and say, Lord, and maybe you don't even have a relationship with God. Maybe this is your testing point to discover who he truly is. Most people start a relationship with God because God does the miraculous in their life. It's not being convinced of knowledge of him. It's experiencing his supernatural power. And so I want to challenge you, lean forward and say, okay, God, if it's possible for me to see, let it happen. That's exactly what the blind men did. Like, I've been struggling with this, living with this. Then they saw Jesus. Maybe if, maybe if God is real, maybe he can heal me. He said, according to your faith, come on, lean forward. And they said, we believe. And he healed them instantly. Let's believe God for your change. If that's you, just with your hand raised, just as a sign to God, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray one last time. Father, I thank you so much. You are so good. We say yes to a relationship with you. We say yes to steps forward in you. God, we're going to trust you. God, if you're the God of the miraculous, we're asking for a miracle right now. Allow my backwards leaning to be a catapult forwards because of what you say, because of who you are, who you declare that you want to be in my life, and who you say that I am to you. I'm your son. I'm your daughter, chosen by you. I have your hands upon me. God, your grace is all over me. You want me not to just survive, but you want me to thrive because you've sent your son so I can have life and life more abundantly. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's sing one. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.